What's up, Beardos? You're listening to episode 115 of The Bearded Vegans. Basically, our whole philosophy boils down to, don't be a jerk. Don't really answer the question first. I'm not answering the question. I really hope people didn't tune in to hear us talk about beards. Welcome to the show. I'm Paul. And I'm Andy. And we are the Bearded Vegans, a podcast featuring a dissection of all things vegan. If you're just tuning in for the first time, you can find all of our previous episodes at thebeardedvegans.com. You can always reach us by emailing thebeardedvegans at gmail.com. In today's episode, we continue our winter break retro film review series with an in-depth review of Speciesism the Movie. I want to say speciesism, speciesism, which is how I said it when I announced it a few episodes ago. <laughs> and I listened to an interview, like this movie came out a long time ago, but in preparation, I was listening to an interview and the host of this one interview kept saying speciesism and <laughs> Mark DeVries, the director, kept saying speciesism. Jury's out. so yeah this was the first time that i saw this movie andy and i i feel like it's one of those classic ones and i don't know how i've how i've avoided it yeah it's it's definitely one that permeated the movement for a while so if you are just joining us for the first time let it be known this is a little bit of a winter break series we're doing right now it's not a typical episode necessarily if it is your first time welcome thanks for joining us maybe go check out a different one if this one uh this topic doesn't suit your fancy, but, <laughs> but otherwise, we're gonna be diving right in right now to our review of speciesism, speciesism, the movie. Intelligent people who are you know, making good livings, who are politically aware, and they just have absolutely no idea. They're windowless, so you can't see into them. They contain thousands upon thousands of animals. So I decided to go take a look. You cannot come onto our property. Okay. No. No, okay. Yeah, turn it off. I had to be a little more sneaky. So why did they put Fair. all of these bushes here? Just to hide them? what they're doing. I have seen with my own eyes feces and urine running down the side of this road here. Do people know about this? Not really. But it goes deeper. The fact that animals are not human, that they belong to a different species, isn't a reason for giving less consideration to their interests. All right. So I feel like, Paul, this isn't really a movie that can be spoiled necessarily. So no spoiler section on this one. But going to read the plot synopsis from IMDb. A young man begins investigating the underworld of factory farming and soon discovers a growing political and intellectual movement that considers animals as important as humans Ooh, yeah i this of all the movies we're doing i feel like this is the one that i was kind of most excited to talk about yeah because i had real strong feelings on it when i first saw it back in the day but so this is a film that follows mark devries i wanted to say devries but i learned it's pronounced devries as someone that basically stumbled up this the storyline presented in the film is he stumbled upon a PETA demonstration with some half-naked people protesting bear skin i think it was yeah i think so and like they're doing a play on bear skin get it <laughs> and and then as it goes wanted to look into what is this all about and leads him down this journey to interview a lot of thinkers within the movement uh your peter singer your tom reagan your ingrid newkirk your bruce friedrich 
uh, Gary Francione, (laughs) among many others, and sort of explore this idea of speciesism and also, I guess, just veganism in general. So, Paul, Mm -hmm. since this is your first time seeing the film, what are your overall impressions? I think that this movie tackled a lot of aspects of veganism that I haven't seen many of the other movies do, and I was happy to see that. This movie also, I, I think, fell into a lot of the the pitfalls that we see the the ethical vegan arguments sometimes fall into. Namely, this movie spends a lot of time feeling the need to compare humans, human plight to animal plight, and 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 I, I feel like the direct the Mark, the the one the person making this movie, he felt like he needed to make those comparisons in order to get his point across. And I don't think that that was completely necessary. So I think that that's my main critique of the movie, but I do want to, I do think that this movie, like I was saying, I think it, it tackles some issues that I either have not seen in, in other vegan movies or I've seen rarely other vegan movies tackle. And, and, and do it you was, think it did it well? I think some parts. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think that I, I believe at the very beginning of the movie, Mark says he's 22 years old. He's never made a movie before. And, and here he is being like the director, the star, the writer. And I think for having no experience with that, I think he did all right making the movie. I think you can definitely tell there are parts that it's slightly lower quality as a film, not a, not necessarily the the concepts they're discussing, but as a film, it's slightly lower quality at parts because of that. But I was willing to. It, it was not so distracting that I I couldn't put that aside and, and focus on what he was actually trying to get across. Yeah, it is. It's certainly amateurish in many regards. I think that's something that bothered me about the first time that I saw it because I was thinking, oh, we finally get this documentary that's really going to tackle the issue of speciesism. And we're talking to all these philosophical thinkers. And it felt like we needed something that was just a little more polished, a little more well presented than that. Mm-hmm. And this time around, I actually feel like that's kind of part of the charm of the film. Yeah. Which which I feel like I don't normally say, but there, but... And also, I'm not sure how I really felt about our, our main protagonist in this film, Mark. I'm not sure how I felt about him the first time around. I don't think I felt particularly taken by him as this like main character. But this time around, I actually, he's kind of this like like nerdy, dorky guy that's mm-hmm. going out and interviewing people. And he, he uses this technique of playing innocent or, or playing uninformed, kind of, to get people to say what they really mean or to like to over explain the things that he's interviewing them about. And uh, I found myself laughing at a lot of what he had to say. I found myself being, yeah, like quite charmed by a lot of the <laughs> way that he navigates through this film, which is not something that I really liked the first time around. I think the first time around I was thinking, why isn't this the thing that I want it to be? But instead he's sort of presenting this own, it, it's both, 
it's like this parallel journey of learning how to make a film as well as learning about the topics that are in the film. So that's something that I actually kind of liked about it. So I think some people will watch it and relate to that and sort of get it. And I'm glad he puts it out there in the beginning. Like, I'm learning how to make a film. I saw Mm -hmm. this topic that I thought was interesting and I decided to make a film about it. And I think some people will like that and some people won't like that. And I guess my, my views on that have changed over over the years. But I, I found myself laughing a lot and, and find myself endeared to his like quirky nature as the film was going on. I still feel like there are many downfalls to the film and lots of areas where everything was underexplored. And to me, that was actually, to me, the biggest downfall of the film is that I feel like it did not go far enough on so many fronts. Uh, so many interviews, so many ideas. It brought you up to this line where, where you're thinking, oh, it's it's getting somewhere interesting, mm-hmm. and then it just stops and moves on to the next thing. And just like lots of little moments when it's like, oh, he's going to interview these people now, or he's interviewing these you know, FFA students. This could be really cool. And you get like, you know, two people you talk to and then it just sort of stops and moves along and just feels like, oh, could you not find enough people to interview or, you know, what what was mm-hmm. it? Because on some level, I really admire a lot of what he did because he is very bold in just <laughs> going. He, you know, he tries to get onto all these farming operations, a lot of industrial agriculture operations, people that don't typically want their ex- operations to be exposed. He just walks right up and plays <laughs> innocent like. Yeah, I'm just here to show people it's not that bad. So let let me let me see it. Let's film it, and we'll just prove all these people wrong. And, Paul, the <laughs> I want to like list the funny things later on, but the one moment I that, think I know what you're gonna killed say. me was when he goes to the egg farm <laughs> and, he, and he turns around and he says on the back of his shirt says "I heart eggs." Yeah. <laughs> Genius. So Genius. I mean, so like sarcastic and mm-hmm. i don't know i assume that the people must have seen through that but just really playing this innocent guy nothing's wrong here why don't we show that i loved that angle of that yeah. film and i i do want to actually recommend another film that i recently saw not vegan related that the it's in many ways very similar because the it's it's like a student made film of this senior in high school who's basically trying to disprove the use of BMI as like a measure of of worth for students essentially and so it's this young woman that goes around making this film and interviews people using that very similar tactic to kind of get them to say what they really mean so it's called the student body go check it out but anyway so i really liked i really liked that tactic and so I think I can forgive the sort of amateurish filmmaking, but I also feel like it wasn't a really good exploration of the 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 phenomenon or the theory or the philosophy of speciesism mm-hmm. necessarily. I think that it spent a lot of time doing things that you would see in like a typical typical vegan documentary exposing what horrible stuff happens in industrialized agriculture operations. And he does talk to a lot of philosophical thinkers, but I don't think that the stuff that was necessarily like, look how bad animals are treated, really aided the argument of exploring the nature of speciesism. And you bring you bring up the comparison of human oppression. And I, too, am someone that, that thinks that that's usually not necessary. And I'm but I was watching this film and I was kind of like, I wonder how someone could talk about these systems without mentioning 
racism or sexism or like to sort of say there are systems that operate that do exclude people from arbitrary criteria how is this not like that and i was finding myself wondering how do we have this conversation about speciesism do we need to talk about speciesism at all but like how do we have this conversation without bringing those things up like what do you think i i was definitely feeling the same way about that at certain parts of the movie and i i still feel though even though like like you were you're beginning to question do we have to bring those things up to some extent for some of the parts of the movie though it, it felt like he was or it felt like the the film was exploiting people in order to make a point almost though that's oh, kind absolutely. of like, so, absolutely and that's what didn't sit well with me and like you were saying Andy, i i i I question whether we still we we do need to bring in some similar comparisons, but how we bring those in, I I do not know. Yeah, I, f- I feel like there's definitely a number of really, I'll say, insensitive moments. I think especially the sort of the final clo- oh, <laughs> closing moments of the film where yeah. he's you know, I forget what the name of the the foundation was, but essentially they they sort of bring light the atrocities of the Holocaust. And he he kind of goes in there to interview. Like, what was the point of that interview? Like, just to get him to admit he's a hypocrite, or yeah. like what to make him feel uncomfortable. And again, I was like, if that was the point of your interview, I feel like I, I I'm not happy with that, right? But I feel like he didn't go far. It like cuts away, and you're like, okay, well, where did the conversation actually go from there? What actually happened? You just sort of got this weird soundbite, like half a soundbite. And then cut it off, and then end the film. Yeah, and that was like two two minutes left in the film. After that, it, it was kind of like, was this what the film was building up to? Was getting this guy to yeah. admit this is someone, this is a human being that probably hasn't given too much thought to this issue, like so many people mm-hmm. on this planet. And just because they're in a specific position where you would hope they would have made that connection, but obviously a lot of people haven't. So sort of just putting this person on display in their Holocaust Memorial Foundation and getting this person to say, oh, well, we're the same as, or we're not the same as animals. We're we're just different. It's kind of like, what does that prove? I feel like there was already so many other interviews that those same sentiments Mm -hmm. were already included in the film that it kind of just didn't make sense. Yeah. And also right before it was an interview with Nathan Runkle from MFA who was basically giving a factory farming 101 thing. And I'm like, didn't we already cover all of this before? So it felt like a really weird retreading of all its information we already had at the very end of the film. And I did like, like there, there was a few parts. This was, I believe it was towards the end of the movie, but they would cut back to a few times him just interviewing random people on the street and trying yeah. to expose some of their hypocrisies. And I, I liked those parts. I like, I, I, I liked those parts about people struggling to justify something and realizing that they don't really have a good reason for for doing these things that they're doing. And so again, I, I feel like the the part at the end, it was more of the same thing, except now like turn the insensitive knob up a couple hundred notches. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I did like those sort of man on the street style interviews, but I would have liked them a lot more if he employed communication uh, methods that we often talk about, which is ask questions, 
let people finish their thought and then respond appropriately. I feel like he was often sort of cutting people off. Like he was sort of clipping the tail end of their sentence with his rebuttal that he knew yeah. he was going to give because he knew the answer they were going to give mm-hmm. because people are pretty predictable in bringing up their, you know, pretty tired responses to these, these yeah. ethical queries. Yeah. And, and that I found myself being really annoyed with him in those times. I was like, let them speak, like get, get this out, have a conversation. Don't just cut them off. To prove them how how wrong they were. Yeah, there were definitely there were parts during those scenes where I did feel like he was not bullying them, but like you said, it's like he knew that he was right and he knew what the responses were going to be, so he kind of was dominating the converse. Not even he was letting people say say things, but he was kind of I don't know. I felt like he was dominating it, and I felt like if someone was doing that to me, I would feel condescended. Yeah, towards. especially because you're being interviewed. And you're like, oh, this is going to be on camera. This is somewhere. Someone's going to see me not knowing how to respond to this appropriately. Yeah. Or people are going to see me realizing I have no idea what I'm talking about in this instance. Yeah. So people are already kind of very put on the spot. And I think that he could have gotten the effect of the average person doesn't really have a good answer to these questions of why are humans different than animals do they are they like morally different enough from animals to justify what we put them through he could have gotten that without without using that kind of a tactic or or like communicating in that way so i thought that was kind of a bummer yeah yeah i have a question to you andy so we watched what the health and kip who is also the, the the main character of that movie from seeing from us knowing him from Cowspiracy, we know that he's kind of putting on this clueless person, clueless guy discovering this information for the first time act to make what the health more interesting. Yeah. But we know he knows all this stuff. Do you think that was the same thing? According to Mark in interviews and part of his story promoting the film is that he was not vegan when he started making the film. Okay. Yeah, that's something that I kind of wonder about with this and this is something i talk a lot about in films but in documentaries in terms of providing the viewer with a roadmap of like a logical progression of thought and i think that this is a film that could naturally lend itself to that i saw this protest i wondered what it was about so i went to the PETA headquarters <laughs> and i found ingrid newkirk's assistant <laughs> and i'm going to inexplicably show me being torn around their facility for five minutes before we finally find ingrid and 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 then sort of sort of going through the the thought process that a lot of people would have of well what about this objection and then thoroughly explore that objection okay but what about this objection and thoroughly explore that objection conspiracy i think does a really good job of yeah. that it and, and, and conspiracy really progresses from well here's the industrial but what about the backyard and what about the grass fed and what about like you know knocking down every sort of small objection that someone might have further down the line I don't think that this film did that. I feel like it was a collection of stuff that was related, but I didn't really feel like I was going on a journey with with Mark necessarily. And it's all things that, for those of us watching it, because we're familiar with what's being said and we're familiar with the images, it all makes sense and it all feels like, oh, this all goes together. But I don't know if someone was watching this, they would feel like they're going through that journey with him 
and I don't feel like I got the impression while making it that he wasn't already vegan when he started it because of the way he talks about the issues the way he's interviewing people it feels like he had a very specific goal in mind with what he was trying to do yeah and so who knows how many seeds had been planted with him before but it is almost hard to believe that someone just saw Peter protesters and was like, you know what? I'm going to make a movie for the first time and figure this out. And I'm going to go to the head of the largest, you know, vegan organization in the in the in the U.S. Yeah. and find these. In, it, it feels very without having the roadmap, but it still feels very methodical in terms of what it does. And I think also just kind of knowing that he seems very plugged into the animal rights community now and also during the filming because this this came out in uh, 2013 i believe okay 20 or 2012 about 5 years ago so yeah it does feel like he came in with a specific agenda it doesn't necessarily feel like he didn't know what he was going to find along the way even though he plays ignorant to a lot of the answers but it feels like he kind of knew exactly what he was going to get as he was going along, which yeah. to me felt like a little disingenuous. And I feel like, and maybe I'm totally wrong, but I also feel like someone could read into that and, and, and see it as kind of phony in terms of you're trying to lead me down this path and put me in your shoes. But I feel like you already are 20 steps ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not really falling for it. I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if I would, if I would feel that way, if I wasn't already vegan, I, 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 I think that you're probably right that he was some steps ahead of where he was saying that he was. He, he must have been, or else why would you make a whole documentary about this? Yeah. Yeah. Like why, why waste your time? Why invest in, in equipment or rent equipment or whatever it might be? It kind of feels like he has to have known where he was going to end up. And, you know, I haven't I don't know if he went from like fully not vegan to vegan or if he was already vegetarian or semi vegan or whatever it might be. But I don't know. Some something about that didn't quite like I just didn't feel like I was really in his shoes for the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seems like you got you. It seems like you don't like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I I mean, I think we'll definitely get into whether we think this is something that non-vegan should see. The classic, who is this for? What is this for? Is this a productive film? I I do want to try and answer that question later on as we talk about this. Can I talk about one thing I liked about it, Andy? Please do. Uh, One thing. So two, two pieces that I feel like are rarely touched upon, if touched upon at all. One of them you already mentioned, where they go to the FFA, the Future Farmers of America, where they they the fa, <laughs> where they go to that convention and talk to some of those people. Like you said, if they don't have many interviews. I think they talk to three or four people. Then they have a couple other miscellaneous clips from it, and that's it. So who knows why they don't? They didn't have. Maybe they just didn't get that good of content. But like I liked that they did that. I, I think that that's something that's something that again, Mark is, you know, even if he's just putting on this, this facade of being like, no, this can't be like it. I need you to convince me. I need you to convince me. Otherwise, even if he's just putting that on, I think that that's good. And he talks to a lot of people that are on the other side. And, and I think that that could possibly their answers could possibly get, people that aren't vegan to be like oh that's like these are the people that are on my side and and i 
don't like these answers that they're saying. So it's like I appreciate him going to these the the him talking to the other side instead of what a lot of documentaries do and just talk about the other side. He's going to these people and talking to them. And I think that that can be beneficial. Yeah, and that you know that's a tactic that's kind of used by a variety of sources and some people really push it a lot further than they need to, I guess. But like the daily show where it's, they send a correspondent to a Trump rally and they just interview them and kind of just let these people's own words show how ridiculous Mm -hmm. their reasoning is. And, and granted, I think you could go to any political rally of any leaning, you know, left, right, whatever, and find people that are not very informed and give really inflammatory answers. So I think on some level, it's kind of a dishonest form of, of journalism. Yeah. I don't think he necessarily was doing that, but it was like, it was like edging in that direction, but it's like that tactic of like, yeah, just let their answers speak for themselves. People decide if they're ridiculous or not. When I saw that segment, I thought what a wasted opportunity because I could watch a whole documentary on the indoctrination of people that go into yeah. the agriculture program. I've I've spoken with more of those agriculture students than I can imagine when I was touring campuses doing uh, outreach and and getting an insight into their minds onto what they're doing and things like gestation crates are for the benefit of the piglets because they don't get rolled over and crushed by the pig and we have to do these things because we care about our animals and a dead or like sick or whatever animal is not good for us and therefore we do what's best for the animal gestation crate is the same as a a fence for your dog so they don't run out into the street and get hit by a car and thinking this is their mindset that they've been plugged in yeah Um, i've been told that in in one of the agriculture student uh, their classes, the the teacher was handed a vegan outreach leaflet, and then the teacher like laminate like made it into like transparencies and projected them up on the wall. And as a class, they went through every point that was brought up in the vegan outreach leaflet on how to debunk those things, <laughs> like how to explain them away. And to me, that is so fascinating. Yeah, it was so fascinating, and I, and that does play into the themes of speciesism, I think. But I feel like there's a lot in this film that doesn't. I think that it spends so much time talking about factory farms, which I feel like is shocking, gets people very emotional because it's very graphic. But I think it almost misses the point of of discussing speciesism because speciesism says regardless of how graphic and how horrible this is, it doesn't matter. Even if it's the nicest farm on the planet, you're still exploiting these animals. And I feel like the film didn't really get to the core of that for most of the time. And it's so much focus on factory farming. And, and this is borne out in a bunch of interviews I listened with the director after the fact. He, he uses the words factory farming all the time. He specifically says factory farming. He talks about how you know, these aren't the farms of, of yesteryear with our, our great grandparents and all these things. People will be shocked if they learn that. And in the segment where they talk about the pig farmers and, and how horrible that is for the environment, super powerful segment. But even one of the guys is saying, you know, this is factory farms. This isn't local farms making our food anymore. And, and essentially the, the assumption that it allows the viewer to make is if it was that system, it would be okay. Yeah, like there's there's very little bit, and I think it's it's our, our buddy Cheese Francione that says, <laughs> essentially says if animals matter morally, we don't use them at all. 
Yeah. It I mean it, and the film doesn't really get to that conclusion until the very 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 end, which is fine because I think if people feel like it's just like vegan, 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 mm-hmm. beating you over the head, it's not going to be as effective. But I think that the film just drives home the horrors of industrial scale agriculture that it doesn't really it's just like any old vegan film. Look how horrible factory farms are. It doesn't really get to the core of of what adopting a non-speciesist world would would look like. Yeah. And the film, you know, talks about, oh, we couldn't test on animals anymore. There's like a few things there. But I think that it's not the conversation about speciesism that we need. You're right. I didn't actually, until you pointed out, I didn't think about the fact that they didn't really talk about non-factory farms. Like the closest they came, I think, was the Whole Foods. Yeah, the turkey farm. farm. The turkey farm, which is, I would still consider that a pretty big operation. I mean, it's it's on some level that's really helpful. They visit this this yeah, it's uh, one of the best rated Whole Foods turkey farms where they get three square feet of space per yeah. turkey. And, it, and so it's cool. It's like, oh, it's exposing the fact that even small operate. I'm using air quotes, small operations are still bad for animals. But basically it's saying, look, even these are factory farms. Yeah, it's not yeah. it, like if he had gone to some of the farms that we saw in at the fork, which was that like mm-hmm. Whole Foods uh, sponsored documentary that we talked about that was sort of pro small farms and permaculture and all that stuff. If he had gone to one of those farms and explored look, this looks better for these animals, but actually it's not because we're still using them to our own ends. To me, that would be a lot more interesting, mm-hmm. a lot more powerful, and a much more nuanced and effective exploration of what speciesism does to us in our psyche and what it allows to happen. But he doesn't really do that. He just drives home factory farms. Yeah, yeah, you are right. I, I, I think that he does focus mostly on the treatment even though like the like you were saying the conclusion at the end of the movie is veganism he does spend a lot of the movie focusing on the treatment of animals which would almost make it seem like it was more of like a welfare a, a pro welfare vegan movie yeah and because didn't they even have ingrid newkirk talking about how they had these victories of they're increasing the, what is it they're increasing the stun time on the chicken so that less ones go through the slaughter line alive or something like conscious or something oh, I don't, I don't it's something like that they talked about some welfare victory they had and she acknowledged this is still horrendous but it is better kind mm-hmm. of thing so yeah i feel like the film really drives home a welfarist message at times Although it does have Francione in there, who's mm-hmm. obviously not a welfareist <laughs> by any means. I'll let you know that constantly. But I feel like the overall message is sort of a vegan message, but it's mostly welfare. Or it's mostly like, we should go vegan because animals are treated horribly. But it focuses on treatment and not use. Yeah, yeah. I would say the message is, the overall message is, we treat animals horribly. We wouldn't treat humans horribly, so we shouldn't treat animals this way either yeah which which could imply that there is some way to still use them as long as we're not treating them very poorly yeah although i I, although i guess although i i'm trying to think back if they hammered this point home i guess you his his response to this would probably be like well we're not going to eat animals well i mean we're not going to eat and kill humans so we shouldn't also kill and eat animals that's probably what his responsibility, but I don't know if that was 
drilled that was hit as hard as just look how terrible the conditions are yeah can i tell you another thing i liked about it sure if you must <laughs> <laughs> i liked that i liked that the, the whole segment and i do think they they tackled this slightly more extensively than the ffa but the segment where they visited the the communities being affected by the surrounding animal agricultural businesses yeah i mean that again i think was besides the point almost of 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 tackling the theme of speciesism but that is so powerful i'm trying to think there's at least one or two other documentaries that did that it was the one god it was last summer that we watched it i think (laughs) Because I, I was thinking it was Cowspiracy, but I went back and kind of scanned through Cowspiracy, and it wasn't that one. But I remember seeing it in some other documentary, and I, it may have been some of the same people they interviewed. It must have been where they're kind of like, "I'm a, you know, I'm an American like veteran, and yeah. I'm just like, I'm not some like hippy dippy left wing person, mm-hmm. and this is something I care about." And I remember thinking like, "This is great. This is yeah. this is like showing that this affects all people." Mm-hmm. And so that was again in this documentary. But this one may have come before yeah, that. Yeah, I would right. think this one came first. So, uh, so <laughs> regardless, I thought it was so powerful. The The moment where they're interviewing the, the guy's father who's just kind of laid up in the bed and he talked about how he went outside and just fell down because the fumes were so bad. Yeah. And he says, all this for a piece of meat. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's so good. Like you, so good. Like you said, doesn't really have to do with being speciesist but still incredibly powerful nonetheless. Yeah, because because it's kind of saying if this didn't pollute so horribly, it would be okay. No, I don't think it was saying that. I think it I I don't think it was saying that. I think it was saying like here's another reason why it's terrible. Yeah. You can and, you can list more than one reason why why it's terrible. They don't have to necessarily overlap with each other. And I think you can list one and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're saying the others are okay. I don't know because it's just kind of like, look at this externality of our speciesism. And in one of the interviews I listened to, he said he wanted to explore what our speciesism leads to. So it leads to these, this horrible treatment. It leads to all this pollution. But it almost feels like, again, if the animals weren't treated so bad, maybe it'd be okay. If there wasn't all this pollution, maybe it would be okay. It doesn't get down to the, the core of... This is a life that has intrinsic value in and of itself, and therefore we should not exploit this life. I do agree with you that they don't hit that hard enough. I don't agree with you that. <laughs> I don't agree with you that saying that animal agriculture is bad for one reason is the same as saying it's okay for another reason. It's specifically in this in this instance right here, because how else would they bring up, or like, because I think that this was a very powerful moment in the movie and I'm glad that they did bring it up but how would they bring it up as it relates to like the intrinsic value of animals I, maybe they shouldn't have brought it up I, I think that I'm I'm glad that they brought it up I think it's a topic that is not explored enough in in the in a lot of these movies when I was trying to look up these guys that were in the film and trying to figure out which other documentaries they were in. I, I couldn't figure out which one it was that we viewed. But it appears there are several documentaries about this. So perhaps that will be a future hmm. review at some point. But certainly something I would be interested in looking into. Because it seems like such a compelling piece of this puzzle. Yeah. That it's 
And and did did someone say in the film like I can't believe I think maybe it was just marking an interview I listened to. He's like, I can't believe this isn't this national outcry over what is happening yeah. with these situations. And I do know that he has gone on to do work with I think it's MFA Mercy for Animals, but he's definitely doing drone footage work where he's flying over factory farms and. And like getting that footage, and that's kind of like his thing that he's doing right now, as far as I know. I was gonna say, I was gonna say there were a few parts of the movie where I was like, if drones were around at this point, <laughs> this would have made his life so much easier. Wouldn't have to rent a propeller airplane. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually gonna ask you also, what is he? So that is that what he's kind of? That's what he's up to now. He's as still far, doing animal work, which is that's pretty cool. Yeah, as far as I know, that's cool though that he's still that he's still doing stuff. Yeah. So I also want to say in another in another aspect of this that I liked, I liked that the only health person that they brought in was Milton Mills. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay, so un- unrelated to health, but related to him, he doesn't come in until one hour and twenty one minutes into this documentary. Milton Mills, yeah. And as far as I know, he's the only person of color that's interviewed in this entire film, and I feel like it's. A real issue when you have a film that's full of white people comparing animal agriculture to slavery, or at least the like mechanisms behind it, racism, mm-hmm. speciesism, and you only have one black person in the entire film. Yeah, I, f- I feel like not a good look. No, it's definitely it's not. not a good look at all. And 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 he he does make that connection. He says, as someone that has been marginalized because of who I am, because I'm an African American. I can relate to this thing. And I think it would be so much more powerful if they had multiple voices saying that and exploring it from, from different angles. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. It's just an incredibly white film and yeah. an incredibly white perspective on the whole thing. And I think if you are going to be talking about marginalization and all of these systems and how they function over history, there's probably a lot better people that you could go and talk to. Yeah. So no, I agree. So that that to me was like, one of the the most glaring problems with this film. Can I say another another <laughs> issue? No, no, no. Another glaring problem. Another issue that I saw. So, I as I as I mentioned before, my 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 biggest qualm with the movie, my biggest piece of it that I didn't like was the fact that they're kind of the a lot of the points that he's making is is using other oppressed groups to make his point. Mm-hmm. And I think this was, and I think this one part where the, the point that he's trying to make is that one of the common arguments against veganism is saying, Oh, well we're, we're smarter than animals to which then he would reply. Well, what about, what about people that are, that have different cognitive abilities or what about babies? Like what, what about them? And that's there's what one about part, babies, Paul. There's one part. There's one part where so, uh, uh, he's talking to someone on the street, and the guy says something like that, and then he does come back real quickly with like, "Oh, what about babies?" Or it's some line like that that's made me chuckle, but I forget what that is. But you're distracting me, Andy. But um, so he's making that point. It's weird when we can see each other. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> he's making that point, and then they cut to like a a a, a home for cognitively disabled people and the first thing that the first thing that they show is them making like a ham sandwich as if to say like these people should know better than to be eating meat 
but look, they're still eating me. And I was like, oh, at least that's what I felt like. Like, it's like showing the ham sandwich. So you're, you're again trying to like make that comparison. And, and I was like, oh no, I, I, you know, I didn't pick up on the ham sandwich, but it did, it did definitely rub me the wrong way. It felt kind of exploitive when they, when they did that. No, I, I think it's, I literally think it's the first thing when they cut to it, it's someone like making a ham sandwich and they specifically say like, oh, here's a, here's your ham sandwich or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And to me, I, I could have been reading this completely wrong, but I felt like they were trying to, again, make that, like makes, there was some sort of overlap going on that I felt like was like, oh no, stop, stop that. It felt, it definitely felt icky. Um, yeah, and there was actually a number of comparisons in the film that I think were not necessarily standard. For instance, he he talks about the pain, the chronic pain that, that chickens go through when they're in these tiny cages. And then he's kind of like, I wonder what it would be like to be in pain all the time. And he cuts to a man that we learn is his father that is kind of, he's on two crutches and, and clearly has a lot of problem, like mobility issues mm-hmm. getting around and sort of interviews his father about what that feels like. Just emotional. Very emotional, very powerful, especially since he said his dad has never talked about it with yeah. anyone. Now he's going to do it here on the thing. And you could tell he, he got like dressed up and you feel like he was like, if I'm going to do this, like I'm going to look damn good. While I'm doing it. <laughs> and then there was also the moment when uh, they were talking about pigs in gestation crates and talking about how they basically mimic the behaviors you would see in a human that is depressed. Yeah. And they talk to someone that was clinically depressed. And she's like, I don't think any, any human could survive two years yeah. being depressed like this. And, and yeah, like my immediate jump is be like, this feels like it's kind of exploiting something. But also, if the, the premise of the film is there's no meaningful difference between meaningful like ethical difference between humans and non-human animals then maybe these are appropriate but at the same time at the same time just because there's not a maybe a moral or ethical difference between humans and animals that's what we're trying to promote that doesn't mean that there can't be physical differences or that doesn't mean that there can't be cognitive differences between humans and animals like i i don't think I don't think we need to prove, and this is what I think the movie was trying to do, I don't think we need to prove that animals experience the same exact amount of pain that we do, or animals experience the same amount of physical or mental pain. Some say they might experience more, Paul. Some, yes. Uh, But do you you know what I mean? Like, I I think that the movie was really trying to, with all of these comparisons they were making, they were trying to say, they were more so trying to push, like, humans are the same as animals not just it's we should be on the same ethical and moral status but they were trying to push oh pigs experience this same depression that humans do and maybe that's true maybe that's not true but i don't think that that matters yeah i i certainly agree with you i think that i think that we lose a lot of people when we say there's no difference between it's a very common trope within veganism. And I think that like maybe PETA sort of spearheaded this and they put out a lot of like posters and stuff. That's, you know, a boy is a pig is a rat is a dog, whatever. Yeah. And, and without the sort of explanation of what, what, what within those animals is the same. I think a lot of people are like, well, no, a rat is not a boy, yeah. you know? And, and 
So I think that we we hear that when we get into arguments with people about Venus. Oh, you think that my life is worth the same as a cockroach. And I feel like it's okay to acknowledge that, like, no, we're different. And yes, I understand that if, you know, if there was a burning building, you would probably want to save a human before you would save the cockroach. But you also might want to save your own dog before you go save yeah. some stranger. kind of, And like talking about those things, there's so many nuances to that. But when people just say there's no difference, I see no difference. Even the ads that are like, you know, like half a cow, half a dog kind of face. It's like there's no difference. The only difference is your perception. It's like, yes, that's true. But there is a difference between these animals. And and I don't know. I feel like we, we often lose people on that because I think that without the further explanation of what we truly mean by that, people are like silly vegans. There's a difference between a dog and a cow. I don't I actually don't have as much of an issue with the dog cow ones as I do with the a, a boy is a rat is a pig ones because like you were getting at Andy. I mean, they're, they're very similar. Like I, I also don't have that much of a problem yeah. with it, but I think that people see that and they're like, just visually there's a difference, but like, it's, <laughs> it's just kind of like, you're not really getting to the core of the matter yeah. when you say those things. I just, it's like, I think that it, it's okay to, to care about certain people or certain living things more than others i i think it's natural that we we form oh you said natural paul that's a no-no well i I just i think it's it's here i'll say this i think it's human nature that we form relationships (laughs) we form relationships with those close to us and we form relationships with those you know that have whatever similar interests with us that's why we have a lot of our friends or with you know our companion animals we form relationships with them and forming relationships with people or animals is going to mean that we care about those people or animals more than other people or animals. And like you were saying, I think a lot of most people that have a close relationship with, with their dog or cat would care about that dog or cat more than they'd, they'd be much more upset if they're, if something happened to their dog or cat, than someone halfway across the world, if something happened to, if they found out about something, to that and and so I, I i feel like we don't need to say we don't need to say you need to you need to care about them the same amount yeah but yes. you need to give them the consideration that they deserve just like just like for you know i i don't think this is un- unfortunately i don't think this is true but what i would hope is that most people i'll, t- I'll say the majority of people i'm going to be optimistic the majority of people give would give all humans this some base level of morality or they they would hold all humans that there's some ethical standard they would have for all humans where where it's like i'm not going to mistreat if i if i met this random person i don't know this person i'm never going to see this person again i'm not going to be evil to that person like most humans again i'm being optimistic and saying most humans would have (laughs) that base level of ethics for all people, regardless of their relationship, regardless if they care about that person at all, if they're going to see that person ever again, and I think we can say, do that for animals as well. You don't need to. You don't need to care about all these animals individually. You don't need to care about them, but just have that same level of moral standard that you do for humans. Yeah, and I think that that's different than saying, like you were saying, like you need to care about every single animal 
this in the same way that you care about your your parents or your child your children or something like that because i think that's where you're losing people is people are like no i'm never going to care about that that bird outside in the same way that i care about my brother or sister yeah and i think that's also kind of where we sometimes lose people with terminology like friends not food you know because it's someone doesn't have to be your friend for you to care about them that's so catchy i know people love alliterations apparently it's (laughs) Psychology studies show that people think things that are alliterations are more true than things that are not. That's why Meatless Monday kind of catches on, huh. apparently. Don't don't hold me to that. <laughs> <laughs> hold your emails. But, I mean, you know, like, you don't have to be friends with a random human being on the street to realize that you shouldn't steal from them or that you shouldn't punch them as you walk by. <laughs> you don't do that? <laughs> Only if we're best friends. <laughs> So, I don't know. I mean, again, they're catchy, but there are people that just straight don't like animals. I know vegan advocates that don't really like animals that much. Yeah, and, and it's like I know people that don't like humans that much. Yeah. Like you. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't mean I wish ill upon yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that I feel like that's I feel like that's less of an ask, you know? Yeah. And it's still it's still an ask because if someone is going to accept that fully, that means that they would have to go vegan. Yeah. So it's still an ask, but I feel like the, the philosophy behind it is less daunting. Yeah. I'm thinking though about the limits of these comparisons. And, and so for instance, this, the, the thing that I guess I just said, which was, I don't have to be friends with a person to decide that I don't want to punch them on the street. But the equivalent i don't know if there's like an equivalent of that that is eating of eating food every day right because like people like choosing not to punch someone is sort of like the absence of doing something horrible whereas to get someone to go vegan or to make some you know change their diet for instance as like a first step requires them to actually take some specific action yeah i i i guess but it's it's kind of I feel like it's still applicable because with the whole eating animals thing, we've just been kind of socialized that that's the that's the norm. So we just need to. So if the norm was to go around punching everyone, yeah, everyone no, would be doing it. I mean, right? if you think about it, I, th- there are plenty of ways that plenty of things that we do that negatively affect humans, yeah. like with chocolate, with with technology, it's iPhones. Like, yeah, yeah, there are plenty of things that we're doing that we most people even now would say these things are terrible but we still do them because it's kind of just the social norm of the thing to do very true very true and i i i think you know we can work we can try and change that norm and it's that's a that is a that is a daunting task (laughs) but you know it's better to try than not try i guess yeah yeah Change that Norm McDonald <laughs> at a farm. Okay, so Paul, you said natural okay. in the conversation. You were deeply offended. <laughs> well, I think it's a big no-no as laid out by the film, right? The film does spend a while talking about, like, sort of debunking why natural is not a measure of anything. It's kind of a meaningless thing. It has all these different definitions. The path that natural leads us to is nazis apparently (laughs) which which was like a really funny cut to you know but also it's kind of like 
I wanted to talk to you about the efficacy of using this Nazi, this like SS general or whatever in the film. Again, an interview that I was like, this didn't go far enough. Why did you go through the effort of getting this interview with this this very intimidating yeah. <laughs> human being and, and not really bring it to fruition? It was one of those things where you're like, there has to be five more minutes of this. What's going on? But basically... It's it's I think it was doing Man on the Street interviews before then, but it was just talking about natural, natural, natural. Well, there is and it's kind of talking about like natural like sort of groups or clans or, you know, excluding just like by your natural groups, essentially. And and then he says, well, there is one group of people or one person that that says that that is OK. And then cut to Nazi hard cut. And again, I laughed. Because it's so extreme, but also I'm kind of wondering, is the non-vegan that's watching this saying, am I a Nazi now? And, <laughs> and it makes me think of that whole thing that, I forget the name, the term for it is, but basically once you compare someone to a Nazi, you've lost the argument because oh, yeah. it's so hyperbolic. And it was almost like the film version of that. And I, I don't think that they, like I get the comparison that they were trying to make, but I almost... I don't think that they, like you said, I don't think that they went far enough with they it. They didn't really get him to say what they needed him to say to make that an appropriate figure yeah. to use in the film. Yeah. So so it was almost just like this comical part that didn't really have too much of an impact on the overall point that they were trying to drive home. Yeah, I remember it being a big like point in the trailer, I think, and I haven't watched it, and we've we got to go watch it to grab the audio to put the beginning <laughs> of this episode, but I remember that being a thing that was like, oh, crap, they're going there. <laughs> so maybe that's like why, why it's in the film, but yeah, it felt, it didn't add anything for me, yeah. aside from a chuckle. Yeah, yeah. Any other chuckle parts, Andy? Actually, you know what? I have one more qualm that I want to say with this movie. I felt like, and maybe you noticed this, maybe you didn't notice this, maybe I just noticed it a couple times. I feel like they just dropped name cards for people, like halfway through the movie. They just stopped saying who people were. (laughs) And I just kept being like, I don't know who this person is. (laughs) Yeah, where they ran out of the budget (laughs) for that. Um, I'm trying to think of any funny moments. I'll tell you this. So they have this segment that's basically saying, look how good vegan food is, which, again, I think maybe it's necessary because you have all these people watching. They're like, OK, if the logical conclusion of this is I have to go vegan, but is my life going to be miserable? No. OK, I can eat this delicious food. But also, I think, again, it's kind of besides the point of the ethics that they're trying to explore. And it almost it, again, it also makes me feel like this is a vegan propaganda film, not like they're doing some actual exploration. It would have been interesting for them to have some philosophical thinkers on the other side of the fence. I, they did have pin- Richard Do- Richard, um, but he said something that was very in favor of. He did, but this was at a period when he was definitely not, because I think he just recently became vegetarian. Maybe he. I was looking. I was looking this up. In preparation, and I, Richard I, Dawkins. Yeah, I forget. I forget if uh, he's vegetarian now, but he definitely said that he thinks being vegan is morally superior, and that he doesn't have any logical defense to eat meat. And basically, like intellectually, he's there, but in his actions, he's not there yet. Yeah. But yeah, I think he he is someone that was noted as being kind of a curmudgeon and, and like slow on the uptake for this issue for a while. So it was interesting that he kind of said that 
presumably you know five or however, you know six mm-hmm. years ago however long it was that it was filming before the film came out yeah but sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you yes it would it would have been interesting to have people on the other side yeah and that would have been like a more i don't know nuance like like interviewing those people first and then having the people on the vegan side essentially sort of rebutting those things as opposed to just the average person on the street that's like i don't know babies like just people that don't really have that much to say i guess that's kind of the point is like this is something most people haven't really thought about and i guess that's kind of also the point of getting the holocaust museum guy and all these other people to be like we care so much about human rights, but we still haven't made the connection, I, I guess. But I think that that could have been more thorough explanation. Yeah, I definitely do think that there were many aspects of the movie that were only included. Like, oh, I, I remember why I thought this up because you were talking about the restaurant, the restaurant scene bringing like, look how good vegan food can be. There were aspects of the movie that were only there to counter the kind of the typical rebuttals that people would have like yeah. oh vegan food doesn't taste good well here's this here's a short segment about here's this restaurant. two people on the street that liked the food <laughs> like, <laughs> again didn't go far enough and i'm just thinking did they only have a short time to film on the street did they only find two people that actually were fooled by the vegan lobster like, what is it if there was a string of 15 people going that's really good oh my god i can't believe that's vegan are you sure that you know a bunch yeah. but two people it's like you could find two people this could have <laughs> been your friends that you paid to do it it's not very convincing yeah yeah so yeah so they they have this segment where they're saying this is look how good vegan food is and they went to franchia in new york city i have been there when i first saw the film i hadn't and i was like what is this random ass place that I've never heard of? Like, I feel like I've been to a bunch of places in New York at this point and just felt like such a, like, oh, this is not one of like the namesakes of Mm -hmm. New York city that they're visiting, even though it's been around for a while and it is quite tasty, I must say. (laughs) But I, 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 on that theme of not going far enough, I was thinking, why did they go to several places? This isn't, this is kind of just oh, one restaurant in New York city has, has several dishes that look good. Yeah. I wish that it was, you know, as they're traveling around interviewing all of these people, they should have been going to all of these, like, here's this in Seattle. Here's this in Austin. Here's this in, and, you know, showing a variety of dishes from all over the place, a quick montage of that, that they could have snagged while they're traveling around would have been so much more effective. They did, however, they did, however, smash cut to what I believe is Guardian Chicken Tenders. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, how'd they sneak Paul into this documentary? Well, it was a different Paul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, it certainly was. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. It just felt like under, again, so many things underexplored that, that again, I was like, this could have been the, the conversation on speciesism that we wanted or that we needed. But it's the one but we deserve. We deserve. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's interesting to note the word speciesism doesn't even come in until 40 minutes into the film. Hmm. So it is just kind of an exploration of veganism up until that point, sort of. And I kind of wish that in that interview with Ingrid, like right away, she drops that word and he's like, ding, what's that word? Let's yeah. figure this whole thing out. I, I do think that it's interesting, though, that right off the bat, they explore into the egg industry like they don't start with meat which i feel like is the 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 one that's typically started i don't think this is necessarily a good or bad thing that i can think of any reasons but i thought it was interesting that they go into eggs first they spend a lot of time on that 
Well, they they mentioned meat, but then they dive straight into COK, Compassion Over Killing, with the egg stuff. Yeah, and that was like one of my issues with the roadmap. I was like, if you're going through the thought process of the average person, it's, okay, meat is murder, but what about dairy and eggs? Mm-hmm. And sort of going down that path, and they just didn't really do that. And it just felt like it was kind of all over the place in terms of what they chose to explore when. It was just kind of this hodgepodge of all these different issues. Yeah. So... I don't know. I can tell you something I did like, Paul. Robert Cheek. <laughs> Love that Robert Cheek. <laughs> Such a nice gentleman. I actually really enjoyed Bruce Friedrich in this film. Yeah. I think I've gotten so used to him. And he is very, I think he's probably a very the most polished speaker that we see in the film. We come back to him many times in many different scenarios. Sitting on a park bench for some reason. <laughs> no short shirts. <laughs> um but it was actually kind of nice because now, you know, he's with Good Food Institute and he's very polished and you feel like he's really measured in what he says. And it was actually kind of fun to see him have a bit more of an edge to what he was saying. Just like that moment when he says, you know, otherwise intelligent people do these things. And Mark's like, what do you mean otherwise intelligent? Like kind of getting to be like, you're saying these people are you know, failing morally. Yeah. And I feel like you wouldn't hear him say that anymore. <laughs> so, it's, so it's kind of like being at PETA, obviously, is a very inflammatory organization. So that gave him this leeway to sort of speak like that. And it was just kind of like interesting to see his progression as yeah, like yeah. A, a very polished public speaker at this point. <laughs> so I enjoyed seeing that other That's side, other side of Bruce. Something that I did think was really interesting was, I, I think he was one of the camera guys. He was one of the other two people that were helping him make the film. And there's this lengthy segment where they're driving the car and he's talking about what it feels like to sort of wake up to the Matrix, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. And just sort of saying like, there's no logical like reasonable response to what you've learned that you did for so many years what your family is continuing to do there's no logical response other than an explosion the world seems like it's this very dark place and i felt like that was a really accurate honest moment where seemed candid yeah where where he's just kind of reflecting on what that is and to me that does speak to the themes of speciesism and does speak to oh crap, like your mindset shifts and something you thought was normal is just so wildly horrific. I kind of wish that they they talked about that a little bit more. It it was like a nice complete thought, but I don't know, I kind of almost wish that we heard other people reflecting on that. Yeah, that was that was what the kind of conclusionary voiceover bit was at the very end of the movie. Like there's the Holocaust piece and then there's 30 seconds left in the movie and it's just kind of scenes of a street and it's Mark saying similar things. He's kind of saying I, you know, it's like I didn't know this information and now now I know this information. I have to wake up and and go outside like I like I would every day. But now I'm faced with this information and now you have this information. So you have to decide kind of what to do with this information. So I feel like that is similar, but those were kind of the only two parts I feel like where they were hitting that idea. Yeah. And And that that could have been really powerful. Yeah. And, And I didn't, I think that that candid moment with, I think you're right. It was the film, one of the cameramen, that part was very powerful. I, I didn't, feel like that kind of outro conclusionary monologue that he gave was super compelling no yeah it felt like a real shoddy ending it it felt like a real letdown but i guess in keeping with the theme of 
not doing anything to its fullest extent that it should have been done, which sounds so harsh. <laughs> In keeping with the theme of not exploring things to their fullest extent, it, it just felt like it was a continuance of that. And mm-hmm. it feels like something that a lot of vegans that, you know, that, that phenomenon of we must promote everything that's vegan, people that are already vegan have made that connection, see it, and they're like, yeah, that was a complete film, but I don't think it was a complete film. I think it's missing a lot to to be something that I would personally recommend to someone as like an intro primer to speciesism. So I think if we're if we're talking about this, I think I enjoyed I enjoyed watching this movie. Like I said before, I, I'm sticking with it. I think that it brought up a few points that I would like to see in more movies. Maybe they didn't explore it as well as they could have, but I appreciate them for for doing it nonetheless. I think that I wouldn't wholeheartedly go out and recommend people watch this movie but if someone was going to watch this movie i would be like okay watch this movie i'll i'll talk to you i'll talk to you after this yeah after after watching it yeah no i I, yeah i don't know it wouldn't be the yeah it wouldn't be the thing that i'm like you must go see this right now but i do think that if someone's sort of getting into these things that i i wouldn't turn them away from it but it's it is again. It's this kind of this collection of white people making slavery comparisons. Yeah. I feel like it's it's really hard to give it a a hearty recommendation. Yeah, I, I I yeah. No, you're right. I do think though that if a non-vegan watched this, it would you would be like, let's sit down and talk about this stuff because you would have. I feel like you would have a lot of things to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's maybe it has its place as a conversation starter. If if there's like a knowledgeable vegan that's well versed in these conversations and they yeah. can talk to you afterwards, but yeah, I wish it was more of a complete thought in and of itself. Even though he says like you know you know you can go do what you want with it, it sort of reach your own conclusions kind of thing. But it, I wish that it like left much less room for debate. I think that there's a lot of room for debate for people that are already on Team Vegan that watch mm-hmm. this film. Okay. Do you think? Because because one thing that I think I liked about it that I think is a is a good thing for non vegans to see is the whole exposing some of the hypocrisy of our own thinking or how we how we've been raised to think. Yeah. Do you think that something like Carnage kind of does the same exact thing? Yeah. And, and honestly, I think that the videos that you see from a, a lot of people like I'm thinking like you know James Aspie or like Earthling Ed or something where they they are doing the man on the street interviews at like anonymous for the voiceless type things mm-hmm. where people do see those conversations played out much more thoroughly and people sort of realizing that they don't really know what they're talking about I think those accomplish the same thing and are maybe more of a complete thought in and of themselves even though they're like a 5-10 minute clip yeah I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I do see a lot of people. I have been seeing recently a lot of people sharing around those sorts of videos, like vegan talks to a farmer, or some like those yeah. sorts of things. Yeah, vegan shuts down a clergy member. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I guess, I guess those might work better, but I don't know. I I I, I think that I didn't think it was the worst movie. I, I think that we've seen we've watched. Other movies that I would, I would, if if I heard someone was about to watch this, I would say, don't watch that movie. <laughs> For me, this is not one of those movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, 
definitely have a conversation afterwards and talk about why some of the comparisons are, are, are problematic and, and be there to answer the questions, but it does bring up a lot of good points that people would want to explore. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so I wouldn't, I wouldn't grab the DVD out of someone's hand, <laughs> but I wouldn't organize a screening of it either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of this review. Not such a short review after all. Uh, have you out there, you beardos, I hope so, if you made it all the way to the end of this, have you seen the film? Let us know what you think about everything we talked about. If we missed any points, bring them up. Send us an email to thebeardedvegans at gmail.com. Let us know what your s- slightly misplaced uh, moments of comic relief in the movie were. <laughs> Definitely some real awkward, <laughs> Definitely. awkward moments. Paul was sending me like videos of <laughs> the most awkward moments. Because there were parts that, again, like I got to give credit to this guy for directing it, writing it, editing it, being the host of it. There were parts that should have been edited out of the movie. Yeah. Where, where people, the people that, are, that he's interviewing are just like, uh yeah i don't know what else to say about this and you're like there's no need for that in the movie <laughs> yeah so please send them in beardvegans at gmail.com be sure to go leave us the old rating and review on itunes if you're feeling kind and be sure to join us next week when we will be reviewing peaceable kingdom the journey home never seen that either yeah i can't wait this is this is one that i have loved no, I'm gonna i've it. seen it several times so i'll be i'm interested to, to nitpick the hell out of it and see what's <laughs> wrong with it all right yeah i guess we didn't talk about it too much you did bring it up though that the whole title card thing was really weird and you're just wondering who are these people mm-hmm. an even more bizarre choice though was that anytime they brought up a new person in the last 15 minutes of the film instead of a, a name card they just put the following seven words we are the bearded vegans signing off Give some respect to your neighbor. Treat him good and you'll be in his favor. Skip the attitude and behavior and your relationship. It's gonna be major respect. Whoa, I said, free your mind. Open up your eyes and you'll be fine. Respect, hear me now, free your mind. Let your anger out. Fight against our prejudice. Make a stand against our prejudice. Make a fuss against our prejudice. He's just he Mark Mark? Mark. Mark. Mark Mark. Mark and Mark. He's I'm sure he's never heard that. <laughs> essentially if if animals matter if <clears throat> essentially says if animal <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's where I lost my train of thought. <laughs> it would have been interesting to have this isn't something I thought about until right this second. <laughs> some some philosophical. <laughs> <laughs>